0: All right, welcome back journeyers of the Wise Wise podcast to another episode of our live Q&A session. So our last episode was on utilizing the tools, tools of divinity uh, and incorporating them within your self-development practice. So before we begin this live session, I went ahead and pulled uh, an animal spirit card for everybody watching and listening at home and I wanted to read to you guys. So I did it with the intention of everybody who would be uh, watching, listening today, but also on the recorded version. So I chose the octopus, or Source chose the octopus. Mm. And Octopus Spirit Medicine says, The octopus signifies a wonderfully perceptive mind paired with a lack of healthy boundaries. Fortunately, this results in well-intended but messy relationships, or unfortunately. The octopus entwines itself into other people's business and shares their own without restraint. They believe that's what it means to be close. If you notice after spending time with someone that you feel drained or uneasy, the essence of octopus is at play. Begin to establish healthy boundaries, be patient and firm. It may be a very old habit to change. So when this octopus energy is in balance, we will feel interested, engaged, and intelligent. When it's out of balance, we'll feel needy, clingy, or lacking courage. And to bring into balance, we need space to oneself and talk therapy. So hopefully that resonates with at least one person out there. Mm-hmm. Very
1: interesting. And that is the beauty of the tools, uh, being able to interpret it. Uh, kind of really they were intended of, for wherever you're at. Um, And that's why doing interpretations for other people is a whole different uh, journey, so to say.
0: So to kick off tonight's live stream, I wanted to ask Alexander, what is his process or Alexander, what is your process uh, when you utilize tools of divinity, such as the human design, the destiny card system, but even going uh, as far as astrology. And I know you're, as we've chatted about, you do a little pendulum work. So I wanted to get your insight on on how you use it and then what is your process, including like your state of mind, how you get centered and balanced and prepared uh, and then go in, into doing it.
1: Okay, great, yeah, great question. And, and yes, I do utilize many different tools and um, uh, such as the pendulum, the human design, the cards, um, even animal speaks as well. Uh, driving messages from animals, and then, of course, just uh, intuition through meditation. So the all of these tools, one of the most important factors is the fact of how much you can trust yourself as to whether you can set your preferences to the side. Because I want people to understand that if you carry a preference in using these tools, it can hinder or jade your answers. And so it's very important that you be able to come from a place of non-preference or neutrality. Um, so, for example, uh, with pendulum work, any time that I utilize a pendulum, uh, I go through a process to ask uh, for it to be uh, strictly divinely guided and free from any... Um, horseplay or black magic or any negative energies that have ill intent so the focus is mainly on supporting that that divine that connection to the divine and uh then i ask for my personal preferences to be set to the side and in that then when i get different answers you know many times the answers will be answers that i may not necessarily prefer And that helps to strengthen my intuition, my trust in the tool, um, and my trust in myself to be able to set that to the side. Now, as far as the other tools like human design and cards and astrology, I like to visit it such as like, you know, uh, we offer a yearly report uh, through the card system. And normally I'll read through it one time and just do like an overview and then i do my best not to look ahead to only focus in the 52 day cycles that that i'm presently in or just coming up to while taking into account there are a certain amount of cards about five cards that have an effect all year so many people can attempt to utilize these tools to, uh, for their own advantage or to gain things. And this is where the complication can come in that you may be misinterpreting the energy because you are carrying a preference. And so willpower is coming into it. So to say, and that, that plays a a big role when, because we do have so-called free will and we do have energy that can will things to happen so that's why when you're asking for guidance or divine guidance uh, to make sure that you're you know stepping out of the way and allowing that that so-called pure message to come through is important.
0: So do you do you do um, sort of like a me- uh, light meditation beforehand at all?
1: Yes, yes, that's typically um, a necessity to once again become centered. Many times I will run a chakra exercise that I do and I teach uh, with vocal toning that takes about 15 minutes. And so that's another big part of any time I'm going to use a tool like that. uh, The majority of the time I will take time to get centered, uh, to get clear and make sure that uh, I take the time to attempt to to connect all the energy centers or chakras and to disperse anything that um, may be blocked so that, once again, that energy is flowing uh, purely. And, you know, and I do like to suggest for people to, you know, put off trying to use the tools or to gain information like that when you're in an emotional state because an emotional state certainly uh, shows a preference so to say, and that's where um, many times people will want to get guidance when they're in that emotional state, and I like to suggest to take your time to go through the emotional state, process the emotions, release the emotions, and then do some type of balancing or clearing. Uh, I use SAGE many times before going into um, some type of utilizing a tool as well, Uh, because, again, we want to make sure that we're we're as, as pure that connection to the divines as pure as possible and that we're not bringing energy into uh, the reading of that tool.
0: Yeah. I can see tools such as like the destiny cards or or tarot being used as uh, ways to gain hope for some people. If, if they've recently had like a hardship or they're in like a, a stuck place where they need something to look forward to, they need some hope out there um, I could see these tools being used to try to gain some of that. And in that energy, I think they're probably not in a very neutral energy if they're looking or wanting to get something yeah, out of and,
1: it. And that's, and that's the obstacle because, you know, if the hope comes, it's beautiful. But if there's something that, I mean, first of all, the tools, they don't give information that is meant or intended to be taken in a negative way at all. So, for example, the in the card system, which is really a 10,000-year-old Egyptian numerology system. So the focus is on the numbers, and the cards and the suits are just part of the language. But there is a death and transformation card, which is the, the ace of spades. And see, if someone has a loved one that may be going through some kind of illness and they read about the ace of spades, it talks about death and transformation and that it could possibly be someone that you know that you know but the majority of the time it's actually talking about uh and i have had that happen uh to be literal in that way but the majority of the time it's talking about maybe a part of yourself or your personality that needs to transform and die and you move past so this is the problem with people using the tools for hope is that If that misinterpretation goes in a so-called negative direction, see, it can make uh, the challenge even harder. So once again, this is, uh, it's not just what the information is, it's how it's interpreted. And so when we are emotional, it's especially important and helpful to have somebody that we trust to maybe... um, Uh, interpret it for us uh, or to at least give us a more neutral view
0: and and i think some people because if they utilize it for hope it can almost become a crutch for uh maybe like a a continual high or or getting affirmations and uh, i so i wanted to bring up uh, what are some of the ways that people rely on tools where maybe they they shouldn't rely on
1: yeah I think you know especially in the beginning when people first get introduced uh to the tools it becomes very exciting and there is a certain sense of oh I'm going to be able to figure things out <laughs> and you uh you know you shared a good story um on the last podcast about that and and we can use these tools um to gain information but there are a lot of variables um like for instance hypothetically i think you used like a six of hearts in, in, in the example that you used, and that could show very strong connection. But say a six of hearts is your cosmic reward. If you aren't at a certain point of your life to have gained a certain amount of knowledge, then you may not be able to even recognize what that six of hearts is bringing to you. Um, so, so this is why that the consciousness level is important as to where both parties are at in the, that hypothetical situation because what it does mean is that the potential is there but not that necessarily both parties are at the right junction or the right time of their life for that those roles to play out. So although it can be a very good roadmap, um, I've ran into very many people that uh, attempt to utilize these tools in a way to set people up around them to play certain roles. And it just doesn't necessarily work out like that. Um, it takes a deeper level of, um, humility and innocence, uh, educated innocence, I'll call it, uh, to, to watch the patterns play out, but you can't necessarily just will them to play out the way that they just show potential to.
0: Yeah. And, I know when like, when I look at like a Destiny card report, which I have one here, and I do want to show uh, people what it's all about. Um, when I look back and like after my year and I look back at the energies, which, which I'm continually doing all the time, looking back at what actually happened and the energies that I had in those 52-day cycles, I laugh because I'm like, oh, now I see how these energies played a role. But beforehand, I could never see it. And it's always like a way that I probably wouldn't guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's been a few ways where, where I could, I could uh, have, maybe it was more of a, like an intuitive sense of how they would play out, but it wasn't like, oh, like a, it wasn't like, I'm going to try to figure this out from my mind. The few times that it kind of was in resonance where, where I thought it was going to go.
1: Right. Yes. And, and you know that type of um, looking back uh, especially in the reports, you can, it really helps to see how things play out. And over an extended amount of time, of many, many years of of looking at this stuff, you do get better because what you're basically doing or what I like to suggest tools to be, is a a true tool to build and strengthen your own intuition. And to learn to trust, energies that are coming in. And we, you know, in this work, we talk about intuition, we talk about gut feelings, we talk about um, different types of extra sense perceptions that many people just link together. There's also a sensing. And that's something that I utilize a lot. Some people are are visual, they can see people's energy. So there's many different uh, tools. But The tool should never be relied on from my perception. It should be utilized to strengthen your own navigation system. And uh, like I said, once you work with it long enough, you can be able to start to see, like you start to see energy patterns. And rather than reading it and seeing it as an absolute, you just start to see, well, okay, I can see that if this variable and this variable is there, when this influence comes in, it's highly likely to play out. And that's what a uh, true working toward master level is utilizing the tool, but also utilizing the surroundings and all the variables simultaneously to get uh, a pure and clear overall picture. And this is why some people have um, a bad taste in their mouth with such tools is because they've run into someone that maybe had very little experience and wasn't very good at the explanation and that's why when we do share information um, and it's not the right person or it's not the right time or for if we share it for too long or it's the wrong subject we can not only push somebody away from communicating with us but we can also shut them down from being interested in those types of tools moving forward.
0: Yeah. So let's pause and I'll just quickly, quickly show everybody what a destiny card report looks like, because we do have uh, Lorena green in the audience. Who's asking or saying that she's unfamiliar with the destiny card report. Um, so this is actually my current year one. So it is like a 30 to 35, 36 page report. And it does have like some, um, instructions or clarifications of what everything means but it does run from your birthday to your following birthday not not january 1st to, to the end of the year so as i open it up it does give you what your birth card is and an explanation of that so i'm a three of diamonds and then an explanation of your planetary ruling card which i'm a seven of diamonds if you can see that and then um, it goes into. And so, so, you,
1: so let me cut in there to your birth card is kind of like your soul purpose or your life direction. And your planetary ruling card is like your personality. And so this life for many people is bridging that gap between leaving parts of your personality behind to step into those so-called higher energies um, to become possibly who you were designed to be.
0: And so it starts off with your yearly, like long range card, your Pluto card result, environment, and displacement cards. So these are all energies that affect you throughout your birth year. Throughout the whole year. That's and then it goes into long, more longer descriptions of what they are and, and how they impact you. So, Like
1: in those, for example, you have a long-range card that just influences you through the year. You have a Pluto card, which is your work to do for the year. And then your result card is like what you get for doing that result uh, or for doing that that work, so to say. And then your environment and displacement card is uh, a tool that you brought in this year to utilize and then something that you are to give away
0: yeah and I liked how you described uh, karma in in our one episode, probably like four episodes back, where I kind of thought about the Pluto and the result because they may not necessarily be tied together, but like the Pluto is the energy that that you do the work of, and the result is just it could just be a different energy. It doesn't have to be like a one like I did this for this person, and this person gave me this right, right right
1: yes, yes it's, it is an an energy influence uh certain people. And people that that are either birth card or planetary ruling card of that many times can play that role. So it's worth seeing that. But it's really talking about the energy um, that you're going to experience. But but it is useful to know other people close to you birthdays and and to see when they are actually playing the role of that of that uh, t- period, so to say.
0: And then we you get into. Every So there's seven 52-day cycles of your birth year, and each one is represented by a planetary influence. And then you have two cards that fall within that influence. And the energies of the cards also are intertwined or impacted or kind of mixed with the energy of the planetary influence. And if you read on, it goes into... The descriptions of every 52-day period.
1: So this was a big reason that I fell in love with this system over 26 years ago was this 52-day cycle um, part that it made so much sense for me from a physics standpoint that the planets shift enough um, throughout the year to bring in a different influence on us as individuals. So it helped me when I work with my private clients, when somebody will say something like, I haven't been worried about money at all until last week. And now I'm like really worried about money. And many times I'd know right away that they have just shifted into their Jupiter period. And maybe they have a challenging card such as a three of diamonds, which can be like the, a card of worry if you don't um, process the creative energy properly. So um so that helped me to see how much the, these planetary shifts truly, truly has on us. And now observing that, like I said, uh, personally for over 25 years and working with private clients for over 12 years um, has really shown me how these influences do show up and, and play a role.
0: So Lorena asked, uh, would a destiny card change?
1: Um. No, the the cards don't change if there is a variable to where if you are born at midnight and it's daylight savings time then technically it's similar to being born on a, a cusp you could be the actual cards from the day before um if it's during daylight savings time like i said so that's the only time that that can get kind of tricky. And so anytime anyone's born around midnight, I just suggest them to look at maybe all four cards from the day before and the day of, but no, these, uh, these traits don't change, but um, both cards have a so-called high side and a so-called low side. And we're really all dancing between the two. Now there are certain limitations such as all Leo's, have the same birth card and planetary ruling card. So that's why their personalities is so much of like who they are. And many Leos, um, you know, like attention, like to be in the spotlight. And um, it's basically just them living both their personality and their life direction is just kind of in alignment. Uh, So those people sometimes can seem hardheaded and inflexible, but they weren't actually designed to be as flexible as the majority of the population.
0: And we did get a few questions on how people can get their hands on they, on their uh, personal year destiny card report.
1: Yeah. So please reach out to, to me. I run those reports uh, personally for you and we'll email them to you. Uh, so you can do, you can reach me through Facebook or of course uh, my email Um, So I'm at Alexander Tuttle in the Facebook Journeys Unite on Instagram, or you can uh, send me an email at alexander at wise-wise.com. Excuse me. That's W-I-S-E dash W-H-Y-S dot com.
0: So for those out there who are familiar with the human design system or even the Destiny card system already, I wanted to pose a question to you guys out there. Is there an attribute that you kind of uh, rediscovered after utilizing this tools that, that kind of confirmed a feeling that you had throughout your life? And I would like anybody who wants to think about that and then eventually share, if you would like to, uh, you can te- you can mess it, uh, messages, messages, message it <laughs> to me in a comment or if you're in our Zoom, you know, just hit me up. And if you want to use your audio or video, we can do that as well.
1: Yes, and, uh, and I'll just go ahead and speak on that. Um, I'd like to share that one thing that it confirmed with me is that uh, my very first uh, astrology reading that I ever had around 26, uh, the gentleman mentioned to me that uh, people may be put off by me at first and when they first meet me and that but once they get to know me they would see me completely differently now later in many years later like 10 years later I got introduced to the human design and found out that I carry a gate or a channel that's called the 59-6 that is called the aura buster so when he shared that with me um, almost 25 years ago uh, it made me feel sad because I had I had experienced that through multiple people throughout my life that said that they thought that I was arrogant, that I was stuck up, that I was many negative things when they first met me. But then once they got to know me, uh, they saw, you know, what a good person I was, blah, blah, blah. And that was always super confusing for me because I would multiple times have people after they got to know me to say that to me that actually you're so different than when I first, uh, my first observation of you. And it was always very confusing. But that was one thing that that got confirmed, you know, in my mid-20s. And then it got reconfirmed with the human design and understanding that 59.6. And now that I understand that energy, uh, I know how to work with it, not correct it, not fix it, not change it, but just work with it and to know how to utilize it and to soften it.
0: Yeah, I would say for me, one of the most prominent ones is probably uh, knowing that I have the my throat chakra or my throat energy center within the human design is activated. I've always been told throughout my life that I have a very strong voice, but I didn't, you know, I just thought I had a strong voice. I didn't know like what it actually meant. And so having it confirmed that I do generate power through my voice and now learning all the the intricacies and the subtle energy around it, and and what what things I've done in the past that have led to turn out to be almost detrimental, like like when we, um, and this may not be a throat chakra thing, but it does it does derive power from my throat. Like when when you and I play disc golf, and I'm having a good game, and I just I let it leak out that oh I'm having a pro- I'm having like my best game, and then immediately I like second guess myself and my game just drops every time, every time I, I let that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's uh, one of the ways I found. So you,
1: I know that you've played around with that for quite a while. So what have you, what would you say you've come up with at this point as to how that is affecting?
0: Well, I feel very confident in not speaking things as in letting the energy build. If I'm not hundred percent sure that something's going to happen. Because the moment I I tell somebody is the moment I start second guessing, you know, what I'm saying to them as actually going to happen.
1: Right. So so looking at that, that that could be tied into your connection to it, not necessarily just the power of your voice and the words, but it is how you view what Uh you are saying. And that's very important for everybody to realize, because it is it's not just what you do or what you say, it's how you truly feel about it that's the energy that's always behind it that's why i have a saying that good intentions are the death of a wise one because it takes more excuse me it takes more than just good intentions um it is truly representing yourself as an authentic self uh and not allowing that so-called doubt to uh to play such a, a big role and so so utilizing that to to maybe hold those words in as you start to say something and go, yeah, I'm just going to see if if I can build the energy without so-called leaking it out.
0: Yeah. Another one that you brought up probably like three or four months ago was that people with the throat chakra tend to want to use more words than are maybe necessary. And ever since you said that I've reflected upon myself and I'm like, Oh my God, that is, that is what, what happens. And, since like that's been confirmed it's been even stronger now like like i i feel so restricted if i have to text somebody but i have like what i'm trying to say is so complex that i have to do it through voice
1: yes yes and and to to look at that as like not necessarily a negative thing because throat chakra people do process through a vocalizing but they can confuse themselves and others by talking, you know, in too grand of a scheme. Um, So, so once again, that's not something to chastise yourself about, but to pay attention that uh, that maybe you can uh, hold some of that energy in and process in a more efficient way.
0: So we do have a few shares out there. Uh, Michelle, says that uh she says, I recognize how energetically em- empathic I am, how I have always been influenced by others. I have developed a more or a lot more compassion by understanding my human design. Well,
1: so well said, me too. I mean the the human design in the card system is what I uh just give so much credit toward compassion because it has it has Given me a visual and a, a comprehension of just how different we are as people. And although we carry some similarities, I'm on a platform of celebrating our differences and being able to come together and not see those differences as weaknesses, but how we are so much stronger um, connected than we are individual.
0: Yeah. And we got, we got a few more. So we got um, Claire being a Jack of diamonds. It has been confer- it was confirmed that I have the capability to be a successful entrepreneur that had always been kind of a dream of mine, but I never felt I was capable enough to pursue my own business ideas. I've really been reevaluating that in the past year or so. Very freeing and exciting.
1: Beautiful. Yes. And we've got uh, uh, two or three Jacks on this call. And, and yes, the Jacks do carry uh, entrepreneurial energy and they carry a playful Uh, energy as well so it's very important for all jacks to certainly take time to allow that little boy and little girl to play and that's where self-doubt of our environment you know as we're growing up our environment is what kind of throws us off course from just naturally following our um, planetary design so to say and that's what I spend the majority of my time helping individual clients with is breaking the family lineage and the traumatic um, stressors that were in the environment that gets people off of their so-called natural path and um, you know and part of mine in that was my parents their main teaching was work ethic and they just worked like all the time but see i had to break that family lineage pattern to realize the importance and the quality of stillness and meditation and contemplation, and that working hard isn't necessarily better uh, that working more efficient smarter is was more intriguing so so that was just an example for me, and I had to go through judgment and this is another thing that I want to bring out to people to realize that when you start changing, be willing to accept other people's judgments because most people don't enjoy change, and they don't want those around them to change. So just realize that part of growth and shifting is uh, people are going to judge it. Um, they're going to try to pull you back into those old patterns. Uh, so I call it like poking and prodding. And this is where living by example is is so important. So uh, so that's, you know, anytime that I have ran into people that truly showed a a high level of authentic happiness and there is a difference between authentic happiness and happiness just people put on but the authentic happiness is that these people whether they know it or not are following their so-called design or their so-called astrology or the or their so-called cards and there's just a a natural flow that it that feels in alignment when that's happening and like i said some people are fortunate enough that they just fall into that. And others of us have to work very hard to find that. And that was certainly my track. And I had to undo a lot of my learning from my family and my environment and a lot of changing. Therefore, I went through a lot of judgment and ridicule. But all of that has come full circle now in, you know, 25 or 26 years.
0: In a general sense, could you explain what it means uh, on your human design chart if, if uh, people have them? And if not, they can contact you for their human design chart. What it means if an energy center is activated versus non-activated.
1: Okay. Well, this is very important. And this is where assisting empaths or empathic people is, uh, is key. Because when you have an energy center that's activated, it will be colored. And there are nine of these centers in the human design, and I in my private practice work with a nine uh, chakra system so once again that 's why I resonated with this system and when it is activated, it means that you are putting energies out into the world that you have your self sustaining energy in that area, and we'll use like the sacral, for example, so somebody such as myself that has the sacral area activated. That means that i come with generating energy with creative energy and i'm self-fulfilling in that that i can uh, i'm designed to create to make things happen so to say but somebody that has that non-activated or white means that they are not putting that energy out into the world but they are like a receptacle they when they get around somebody such as myself that has that activated it plugs in and activates it for them so people with the sacral that isn't activated they will feel more creative like around others but many times if they take part of the project that they're creating with others say a group or another person and they take it home to work on it they can lose interest they can lose inspiration because they're not being charged by the group or by that other person So this gives a visual through the human design of how we actually share energies. And this is invaluable information when I do relationship consulting and counseling for people uh, to help them see how actually when you get within five to eight feet of this other person, this is what they're doing to you. This is how they're affecting you. And see, just knowing that we can, uh, energy is once again manipulative by our mind. And so by Raising our consciousness and our awareness, we can be less subject to these energies. Because if I know that I'm subject in an area, just like if I know that it's going to rain, I can wear a raincoat to protect myself. I can uh, bring certain tools or to utilize to help me, or I can clear the energy. I can, I can do multiple, multiple things to assist me empathically. Uh, absorbing energy in or around another person or situation.
0: And I did have my black and white human design chart on hand. I know it's a wrinkled copy, but just to give people who aren't familiar an idea of what it looks like. So here's my mind center, my throat center. They're activated by being colored in. My crown is non-activated, so it's white. But then my emotional center which I think I'm pointing to it over here is completely open because it doesn't have any gates that are activated. So, yeah, so there's
1: actually three different levels. There's active, non-active, and then the emotions to that that right triangle that Aaron was showing. It's not only non-active, but it doesn't have any lines coming off of it. So it's considered open, which is the most vulnerable that any energy center can be. So Aaron is extremely you know, uh, subject to the people that he's around and their emotional state. That doesn't have to just mean like emotional state doesn't just mean expressing emotions. Uh, it's energetically, they can be holding it in, but, uh, somebody that has open c- and emotional centers such as Aaron will almost always be receiving those emotions, whether he knows it or not. So if he gets around somebody that's sad and he's around them for 15 or 30 minutes, uh, whether they're showing that they're sad or not, it can actually start to start to seep in and start wearing him down to make him just feel melancholy or apathetic or moving toward that sadness. And the longer he's around them, the more uh, probable that that is.
0: So we have some great uh, audience participation, but I did want to maybe take a quick three-minute break Yes, I I know your voice probably needs a little little speaking of. of, (laughs) Yes, if
1: if people's I know you've heard me clear my voice and see I don't have the throat chakra. And normally when we do the podcast, um, Aaron is here and he's within eight foot, five to eight foot of me. And I actually am able to utilize his energy in his throat chakra. So this is another good example of with the isolation uh, that I have more of a limited amount of energy that comes through my throat. And I haven't really spoken to hardly anyone today. So this is just a good example that I know my limitations that I have about typically an hour and a half before my voice will start to get weak or start to show weakness. And, of course, we got on this call about 30 minutes before we invited everyone else. So so this is just yet another example. And, um, and so uh, love sharing. And so, yeah, let's take a little break, and I'll play a little music while we – Uh, Just take, uh, I don't know, three or five minutes.
0: start off by reading a few more of <clears throat> the attributes that people have found to be confirmed by utilizing these tools. We have Megan who mentioned King of Diamonds is my planetary card and explains why money has always come to me when I need it. Mm-hmm. Not saying I'm always cashed up, <laughs> but I can trust that when the times when the times come Money will come to me also. I have recently been reminded of this again. And I can definitely uh, kind of agree with that because my seven of diamonds is kind of a very similar thing. I need to trust that I will be provided for. And leaving a full-time salary job and going out on my own doing web development was I guess i kind of did it without fear (laughs) you know now that i think about it now if i was going back and doing it again because it it all happened before i met you alexander i may like be a little more careful with that but i didn't know what i didn't know Mm -hmm. and so i just jumped head first but during that time um i've had times when you know i was getting to the point where i was gonna be not being able to pay my bills but rather than go into fear you helped me to understand that i just need to trust and um, understand that what i need will be provided for and every time a big project came in exactly when i needed it
1: yes and that's the case for many diamonds because once again uh, the suits play a big role diamonds are typically associated with money or what you value and so diamond people are truly here to get very clear in what they value and then that becomes their order of priorities. And I did want to say hello to Megan, it's so nice to have her um, way on the other side of the ocean. So it's wonderful to to have her joining us. Um, so in hearts is around like relationships typically. And clubs is around information of all types. And spades is around uh, spiritual information, um, land or real estate type things. And we got a guest speaker here, Jocko. <laughs>
0: He definitely has his throat <laughs> chakra after <laughs> He <it>. does, he <laughs> does.
1: Um, so, so that's how, you know, what is wonderful about the card system uh, is it gives you an understanding of numerology as well as uh, this other little uh, sprinkle of facet of the suit. And, um, and so I appreciate that sharing, you know, with those diamond people.
0: So we have Anissa Ray Augustine who says I needed to accept the tools first before I could utilize them. And I'm still dipping a toe in these waters. They are just another way. I think of them as helpful. Some folks choose to live off the grid while others like me need all the tools I can get.
1: Well said and so good to hear from you. And uh, yeah, so this is, this is normally a process for most everyone. And I came into all of this work uh, the biggest doubting Thomas uh, possibly that's ever lived. Uh, So it was very important to me to prove it, you know, whatever that means to someone, but to prove it to myself. And now being, uh, I happen to be a ten of clubs, planetary ruling, and a queen of hearts. And that has certainly been my path that's laid out and... um, And some people's path is more challenging between the planter ruling and the birth card. Some are more in alignment. And normally uh, the struggle for most people in life is the vast difference between those two cards. And uh, mine was very, very drastic coming from a ten of clubs personality, which is the master of knowledge, to having to learn to be the loving mother, uh, which is the queen of hearts. So the irony of being a male, you know, raised in the South by very authoritative type parents. But see, my life purpose was to learn to be that loving mother. And part of my path was uh, having the mother of my stepsons, you know, uh, pass and be taken away, you know, 12 years ago. And the boys were 15. And I saw an opportunity that if I didn't adjust and start raising them more like a mother, that they were going to be very unbalanced. And knowing that information that I was designed and supported to be that loving mother was a huge, huge part of the support of that. But that was, a, that was a big transition, and now that's what I do for people day in and day out is they just come and they ask for my help in many different ways. And to me, that is the epitome of a loving mother, a non judgmental, uh, just helpful source.
0: So we have a question from Katie. Can you explain how to read past life connections through the destiny cards?
1: Well, that is um, a little bit of a, I would say, uh, um, not an obstacle, but an opportunity for uh, the person that is learning it and where they're at with it. It does talk about certain connections and past lives and i choose personally not to put too much weight on so-called past lives because we're in this life it can have just an influence just like our parents have an influence our brothers and sisters have an influence so i suggest to take the past life stuff with a little bit of a grain of salt and for anyone that doesn't resonate with past lives then I ask them to just switch the language up to family lineage. That things are either passed down through our family, through genes, or we bring things in from past lives. So I feel that kind of looking at those in a similar way helps to bridge that gap a little bit. And it can be slightly useful, but not to get too caught up in those past roles. Because, for instance, if somebody has like throat issues and then they're told that they were maybe a witch in a past life and they were hung and it's created issues with them moving forward, that information, I suppose, can be helpful to some extent. But the main thing is just to understand that in this lifetime right now, is where the work is to be done and to not, sometimes people can look at it as being a victim or, well, this is why this is like this. Well, the why shouldn't just stop there. Uh, You should still take the information and not just look at it as it's set in stone, but this information helps me to understand that, A, maybe I need to work harder in this area to speak my truth more often, to strengthen this, not out of my ego, but to heal this so-called past life trauma, um, so so that's just a brief explanation of how I personally approach the the past life information, and in the in the compatibility reports, and all of these reports are just twenty five dollars. They they give so much information for um, for the price, and then of course we can go deeper in a private reading to go over both the human design and the cards. But but yes, those uh, utilizing. The the past life information can, you know, some relationship, couples, like, really resonate with it. They can say, oh, I felt like we were connected before. But once again, these were energetic connections and not as much personality connections as people can get confused with. And so it's the energetic part of it that I feel like is the most important. And people connect to the personality side of past life connections rather than focusing on the energetic side.
0: And when you say the energetic side, does that mean that maybe uh, two people need to be in resonance to connect? And possibly if one person is kind of like energetically over here and the other one's over here, they may not be able to.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, I think it could be better explained by, say, for instance, uh, in the compatibility report, it'll say that someone is a, a Saturn influence to you. Saturn influences like the teacher, the father figure. So see, in a past life, it might, it, it doesn't give specifics, but hypothetically, uh, the person that Saturn in this lifetime could have been the other person's child in a previous lifetime, and the energies got out of balance. And so now it's come back in this present lifetime for them to play more of the authoritative role to balance this energy out. And if a person can see it energetically rather than personality-wise, it can be worked with so much uh, easier and better. Because if it's personality, you think the person is just doing that to be mean, to be rude—all these reasons. When when you're able to look at it from an energetic standpoint, you take that that blame away, and you're just able to really to take the responsibility on yourself and you have the opportunity to say, oh, this person is treating me this way because of that past life influence, and the less resistance I show to it, and where we say lean into the friction, and we lean into it and we invite it, then many times that will dissipate the energy. So that's why I suggest focus on the energetic side of the influence and what it is there to teach you, rather than the person and the personality, so to say.
0: Well, I'm so glad I asked that question because that was an awesome answer and I think something that that many people um, need to hear. And I, I, that is just a very important thing to take into account is that it's not the personality. It's not the person's personality necessarily. Um, it's definitely their energetic makeup more.
1: Yes, yes. And we do want to you know, invite anybody that would like to ask a question a question personally uh, to send Aaron a message and I think we do have a couple people that um, may have questions uh, because we do want to promote this to be interactive and so if you have a question Aaron doesn't have to ask it for you just send a message to him and say hey I'd like to ask this question you don't have to come on camera you can just unmute it or you can come on camera Um, because that is the main objective of this time together is the interaction.
0: Yeah, it seems like Zoom is having some problems today as some people reported in the comments that they had problems getting into our Zoom and there you know, there have been other uh events that they've tried to get in that have also had problems today. Okay. Yeah, um, I know they
1: just did they did an uh yeah. upgrade, I think yep. to something 5.0 and everybody I don't think has done the upgrade.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um We have another uh, question from the audience. It feels when meditating, my gut stomach area never relaxes fully. What could that mean? Mm,
1: That's a very good question. And I'm right there with you. um, uh, Depending on when we're born, too, we we carry certain weaknesses in the physical body. And for Virgos, it happens to be stomach. And so I've been actively working on healing my gut for, uh, over 10 years, but that comes from 40 years of, uh, clenching my gut. And so I was 40 years old before I realized that I basically lived every day, clenching my abdomen, like I was preparing for a hit. And I literally just relaxed my belly one day. And then I began retraining myself. So, to, to I would actually set alarms on my phone to go off three times a day to remind me to relax my belly, relax my belly. Now I do it just um, so-called intuitively throughout the day. But that relaxing of the abdomen, of the gut area, uh, can be connected to that. And with me, it was frustration that I'd lived the majority of my life in frustration and that clenching was part of that frustration. So what I would like to suggest is to uh, put your, when you're going into meditation, put your right hand on your uh, abdomen and maybe your left hand turn it up like you're receiving from source. And rub that belly and tell that little boy or that little girl that everything's okay and that we're relaxing and we're going into a time of meditation and relaxing that sometimes parts of our body needs to be let known very similar to children that everything's okay and that becomes like a little bit of a a retraining that you're just you're retraining yourself to uh relax those areas of your body some people it's their neck some people it's their shoulders some people it's their their hips their knees different areas of their body elbows and so uh that's recognition or noticing that is more than likely something that has been going on as a pattern throughout the majority of your life and there needs to be just some intention put toward it and then uh, actual practice to recalibrate that and be patient because normally once again it can take up to half as long to uh, correct something as it did to create it so realistically that took me you know when people hear me say that i've been working on my gut for like 10 years I see judgment in their faces, but I'm being honest that it's a lot better than it's ever been, but I'm still realistic to know that I could work on it 10 more years before getting it optimal because that would be 20 years of working on it that it took me 40 years to get it in the shape that it was in. So, uh, so please be realistic with your, um, with your healing out there, people. It takes, it takes a lot of time, typically. Because we're going through five levels, remember that. The physical, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, and the spiritual. And all of these different levels take different amounts of time to process through.
0: So we have a question from Robin, and I think she's, she's uh, talking about the emotional center that, that we talked about earlier. Okay. Um, so if someone doesn't have a way to block other people's energy, what can they do?
1: Mm. Well, there are, there are many tools. And I do like to suggest uh, black tourmaline, black onyx, uh, any black or red stones to keep with you helps. Um, sage for uh, clearing. And anyone that doesn't have these the emotional center activated, I normally suggest to them three clearings a day. And, and I can't overemphasize that enough. Uh, and another wonderful clearing mechanism is just purified water with lavender oil i like a little lemongrass in it too but it's very good you can even use it as a hand sanitizer and so to spray that on and around you multiple times a day and it's very accepted Uh, sage can be a little offensive but another tool that goes a long way is intention so paying attention to how you feel Checking in, and we're going to be releasing uh, a planner that I haven't mentioned yet that's going to be uh, assisting us with paying attention and self-awareness on these five different levels. And we're going to be releasing it in the next couple of weeks, um, and it's going to be uh, very nice for this exact thing to help us to gain this self-awareness and to be able to discuss it uh, because knowing it and being aware of our Uh, subtle energies is so helpful because intention, just if you check yourself and you're feeling completely grounded and centered, then you go into a social situation and you start to feel agitated or anxiety. See, as soon as you start to feel that, adjust your situation. Remove yourself from the situation for a few minutes. Get your energy field outside of whoever or whatever's going on. And this is what empaths can learn to be masters at, is just adjusting your field. If you're able to cross your arms or, and cross your legs, that's a sense of blocking energy from absorbing through the energy centers or the chakras. Turning your body to make sure that you're not directly facing uh, the person that may be giving off this energy. Because remember, they're not always doing it purposefully. And this is why subtle energy is so important that you start to feel the change as soon as possible and you make the adjustment then. Many people don't make the adjustment and they stay in the situation an extended period of time and then they take it back home with them or to another place and it's cumulative through the day. So this is why checking in multiple times a day on how you're feeling is, is very important and uh, using your intention and any tools that you have. But a big strength in intention is when you acknowledge that something isn't yours. And I like to do this motion to brush off the arms. So if you're feeling grounded and centered and then you start to feel aggravated, you can literally internally or externally just say, <clears throat> this isn't mine, I feel the energy coming in, this isn't mine, it's not important whose it is. Once again, it's not about blame. It's just about you setting intention not to absorb it. So many people use prayer as well. Some people use a pink or gold bubble to put around them before going into a situation. But for me, it's all all that boils down to intention. That I want to be sensitive to acknowledge right when a shift happens. And I want to change my environment as soon as possible, even if it's just temporary. A five-minute break can stop the absorption of that energy and uh many five minute breaks can go unnoticed and be very helpful.
0: So we have a comment from Anisa Ray who says her jack of diamonds, she's relied on charm over substance for a long while. She's also been attracted to her intuition but feared it.
1: Yes. And and Jacks typically uh are very gifted with charm. And any jack that hasn't tapped into their charm many times what has happened is they've stepped into the masculine side of that energy, and any royalty jacks queens or kings uh they can come across very like authoritative they can kind of flip a switch and really surprise people sometimes when they get tested um with their boundaries and so uh so yes that that Royalty energy or that Jack energy is, is very delicate. It can be very powerful or it can be very um, charged and powerful in that way. So all you Jacks really focus on the creative side of that and, and do know that charm is one of your assets. Uh, and trusting your abilities, your intuition, and that type of thing is just an ongoing practice for almost everyone, and it does get better with time. And the main thing is, when I was practicing my intuition very intenti- intentively, um, fifteen or twenty years ago, I had a saying that I would repeat as almost a mantra: that I'd rather be wrong following my intuition than right following my mind, because at least when I'm wrong following my intuition, I'm learning and I'm building that. So. So I like to suggest to people to go to that gut response, go to that sensing, go to that intuition, uh, as, as your, your first, um, to just start directing the energy towards showing the importance of that to you.
0: Man, that is, that is one thing that I really, I really, uh, need to work on is my intuition. It's something that I've kind of had an intention to do, um, but I've just been so trained to be in my mind, um, for so long and so that's obviously the one place I go to whenever you know like by default so it's yes. going to take some some intention to work on my intuition
1: yes yes and it did for me as well and um, you know uh, uh, some creative people can have even more of a challenge uh, because of all the possibilities that come in um, and then some people some creative people just learn to tap into that intuition uh, very young uh, so So it is a different kind of obstacle and process for almost everyone, but it is something that I feel that uh, most everyone has to some degree, this extra sense perception of some type and that I'm all for strengthening it. um, However, that works for, for people.
0: So a question from Michelle, Uh, she has an eight of spades in her Jupiter period and she wanted uh, what Mm. she wanted you to give her some insight on that.
1: Okay, well first of all, it would, you know, it's important of whether it's in your planetary ruling card or your birth card spread and we have to be um, honest with ourselves of whether we're operating more out of our planetary ruling card and that description or we're operating more out of the birth card in that description. But eights are normally one of the most um, reciprocating and giving numbers that there are. It's it's considered one of the most powerful numbers in the whole deck. So normally that reciprocation of the figure eight means uh, so-called good tidings. And Jupiter period is about finances and money and work. So normally when there's an eight around in Jupiter, it's uh, a financial blessing of some type. Once again, it, it being spades, it could be connected to a real estate deal or some type of uh, spiritual information or knowledge. And normally, once again, eights is a good sign. And so I would say if there's any type of move that's being considered, selling of real estate or land, um, that that should be pretty well supported And that is a great opportunity to dive deeper into any kind of like spiritual knowledge uh, to really expand on that. So uh, it's really uh, a wonderful receiving time and uh, the focus should be put on that to really focus on receiving.
0: Uh, Michelle did say it was her her birth card. spread. Yes.
1: yes. And so that birth card spread, you know, most of us have to really work to... Make sure we're exercising that birth card because by default, most people resonate with their planetary ruling card more because that describes their personality rather than who they're stepping into. So sometimes when it's in our birth card spread, there is a leap of faith that we may have to take in moving in that direction. And sometimes the planetary ruling uh, spread comes a little bit more so called naturally.
0: So we're going to be wrapping up within the next 10 minutes. So any final questions, please pose them to me now.
1: And I thank you guys so much for being so interactive and asking these questions. Cause once again, that is the purpose of this platform. Um, and if, if for some reason I don't give a full enough answer, you know, uh, feel free once again to uh, I'll keep expanding until we thirst uh, quench that thirst. So to say.
0: I know I, I have a bunch of questions of my own and I haven't, mm-hmm. Even tap them, Um, but let's, let's tap into one. Uh, So in the human design, if, if you have two people coming together and let's use the mind center, just for the example, if both of them have their mind center activated, how is that different from if another couple came together and one of theirs is activated and one of theirs is non-activated?
1: Well, if you can think about um, take, uh, two cups of water, and they're both full. There's, but you want to share. There's nowhere for the water to go. To where, if you have one cup's full and one cup's empty, there's somewhere for the water to go. And in this analogy, we'll just call it energy. So even though, like, I do feel that opposites attract, and many times when we can feel most connected to someone that has opposite centers from us because there's somewhere for the energy to flow. There's somewhere for the energy to go. And that many times can feel like those two people can just really flow um, with the information to where if both parties have it activated, it can be a little bit of a uh, clashing of, of heads, so to say. It can be a clashing of information because When an energy center is filled, it's hard to absorb. It's more challenging to, like with the mind center filled in, it's more challenging for those people typically to take other people's opinions, to listen to suggestions, because they're challenged because they're already full of information, so to say. So that is something that I like to point out, that when they're opposites, the energy has somewhere to flow. When they're similar or the same, there is a tendency to be clashing, so uh, you know, developing a, the conscious communication is is necessary, really, on both sides. Um, but when it really comes down to how uh, intimate the two people are, because two activated mind centers, like in the business world or throwing around ideas, can be very flowing because they're not. Uh, necessarily challenging each other, so see two mind centers activated when they're not challenging each other can be beautiful, never-ending flow of ideas. But the problem comes when a decision has to be made, and normally the one that carries the energy in the center is going to be the one that typically pushes to make the decision uh, around that subject or that area.
0: So for for anybody who thinks that like I. I'm not learning anything like that was an actual question that I I thought about within the last few days. And, and like that, I did not know that. I did not know. um, Yeah.
1: So one that I like to bring
0: uh,
1: uh, up in this situation is the sacral center again. And many people that have this sacral center uh, white or non-activated see they're subject to people, especially in young life in teenage years and twenties and maybe thirties, so when you go out in social situations or even to a bar or a club, if you don't have that sacral center, you're subject to anybody that does. And so when, when you meet someone, you can have that feeling of being connected to them forever, uh, this closeness, especially if alcohol or something like that is involved, because they're just really activating an area in your being that you can't activate for yourself. And so... I've heard the terms soulmates and twin flames and many, many different discussions. But what's happening many times is that just uh, someone is activating an area that you have vacant and it feels good when that happens.
0: Cool. Well, thank you for that. Now we have our first audio question from Claire. All right. So we're going to load her up here. Go ahead Claire. Hi Aaron. Hi Alexander.
1: Hey Claire. Hi. So nice to have you on here.
0: Thanks for doing this. This is a lot of fun. Wonderful. Um, so my question and you had brought this up in the podcast this past week is about limitations. And I've been thinking about this because with these different types of tools like cards and pendulums, I had to kind of address my own limited way of thinking around those mm-hmm. um, which has been really freeing and really great. But kind of throughout my life, I've gone back and forth from letting limitations really guide my life and kind of think for me and then kind of blowing those up and quote unquote rebelling or whatever. So I was just wondering how do you approach your limitations in your life? How do you know when to, I guess, submit to them because they're good for us Mm -hmm. versus blow them up?
1: (laughs) Great question. Great question. Um, Uh, here I will bring in gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. And that when we can be honest with ourselves, that, uh, such as my limitation, I'll just go ahead and use full example, would be insecurity. And a lot of people have, uh, are surprised when I say that I have dealt with insecurity my whole life. But, see, I acknowledge that about myself, but I don't judge it in myself. It's kind of like a stepbrother or stepsister that is just around and we don't always want them around but we might as well make the best of it and so with that um, I'm constantly challenging myself around things that I'm insecure about uh, you know earlier in life it was becoming a performer and that was terrifying to me uh, that almost crippled me from not doing anything that I've done. It would have just been easier to have never stepped on stage, but I did when I was 19 years old in my first band, literally scared to death. And then it became a practice that anything that I was scared to do, I would just do as soon as possible because the more the energy builds, the, more the, the bigger the obstacle is. And the other key is to truly only practice when I'm well-fed and well-rested. And that I'm centered. So I call it being a little bit of a warrior that you get up, you feel a little extra good or extra power, and you go, you know what, I'm gonna challenge myself today. And so I look for those anytime I have those bursts of energy to go and do something that I'm fearful of or concerned of because I'm gonna take them make the most of this energy. And if I'm having a heavy day or challenging day I'm not necessarily going to challenge myself on that day. But what I will do is I will set a challenge up for the following day or a couple of days down the road as like incentive to give myself permission to be that wounded little child. It's okay to be weak, but to say, hey, after we nurture ourselves today and give ourselves a break, uh, we're going to step back into that power tomorrow or the following day. And, and I'll set just like a loose idea of something that I want to do to challenge myself. So, so challenge is important, but self-acceptance is very important. We need to let that little boy and little girl know that it's okay to be upset and wounded and that we are going to work with them very patiently. And this is just very similar of how we would help an actual seven-year-old child uh, with an issue is how I suggest us work with ourselves. Great question.
0: So I wanted to bring up something you said in the last podcast episode, which is only the conscious have choice. Yeah. And I wanted you to, uh, to expand upon that, you know, as the tools.
1: Yes. And, and with that, I wanted to uh, make sure that Claire didn't have uh, oh, sure. yep. any other uh, part of that question or if that answered her question well.
0: That definitely answered it. Thank you.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on, Claire. And Claire's wonderful partner helping out with the, the planner that we've been talking about. Um, so, so I thank her for that help as well. Um, so now getting back to your question and refresh my mind with that
0: question. You mentioned only the conscious have choice. Yes.
1: So, so I happen to feel that we don't carry as much choice as most people think that they have because we're constantly being bombarded by influences Uh, whether it's planetary influences or it's influences in the air, whether you believe in chemtrails or not, or there's additives to our food. um, There's electromagnetic influences going on all the time, and we're stepping into 5G. That's a whole other issue. So, see, we're constantly being influenced through our food, through our music and sound, uh, noise pollution, and we're constantly being bombarded by influences that most people don't realize, So what I mean when I say only the conscious truly have choice is that when you're aware of those influences and you make changes to adapt the air quality, the food quality, that you understand what is going on with the planets and the influences that's coming uh, in, that you understand the influences from your parents and your past traumas. See, the more that you so-called understand, or I like to say overstand, Uh, about the variables the more conscious you are and in that consciousness the more uh, options you have the more choices you have because you are regulating the influences and that's what I happen to feel that this life is about really regulating and managing our environment um over fixing and just doing and willing so um So from my position, this is the purpose of all of this learning is to raise the consciousness so that you're able to truly make uh, intentional choices rather than being subject to really your environment.
0: So in wrapping up, uh, um, well, before we started this, Alexander and I discussed what questions we should have uh, you all ponder and and answer, but we went with the uh the attribute that has been confirmed by the tools but i wanted to throw alexander's for everybody to ponder now after after this uh live session alexander do you want to ask it or do you want me to go ahead um how truthful are you being with yourself and of course there's no right or wrong answer it's all each person's own journey
1: yes and that and that shouldn't be a judgment it should be an assessment and there's a difference between judgment and assessment. And assessment is connected to uh, what I call one of the pillars, polarity versus uh, duality. And in assessing, uh, you don't carry any kind of right, wrong, or judgment in it. You're just seeing it for what it is. So when we assess something about ourselves and don't judge it, then we can start to adjust it and initiate change. But the accepting is so such an important part of that. And we can't accept until we're being truly honest with ourselves. And so when you're using a tool like a pendulum, if you have a preference and you want it to say yes, then it will say yes. We can. I've proven that with other people holding my pendulum and me creating a yes for it to move and me creating a no and someone else even holding it. So... So energy is, you know, very directed by the mind, and I think that that's important for us to get honest with ourselves of just how much we can truly set our preferences to the side before utilizing um, these tools. And if we are going to utilize the tools, and we're clear that we're not able to be completely honest, see that's still useful because you can take the information with more of a grain of salt, and then. Uh, reach out to somebody that you do trust to get a neutral kind of third party view of it.
0: Well, I want to thank everybody for your participation and questions tonight. Um, less work that I had to do, but of course, I'm always happy to do it. Um, it was it was awesome. You guys was energy was awesome. Hearing all those questions here in Alexander, I've learned a lot tonight as well. So anytime awesome. I can learn, I'm, I'm really, really happy about please,
1: that. Please share, you know, with your friends to build this community. Uh, like I said, we are going to have like a workbook type planner thing to to work with and build as a community uh, because I want this to be a big a large sharing community and we're doing it live uh, via Zoom here. We've got the Wise Wise podcast um, community group where if you're struggling with anything or just have a question or you have Uh, some insight please feel free to to share it on that group because that's what this is about is building support and community through a self assessment and self-awareness but no judgment Uh, we're not interested in in judging here and uh, truly supporting each individual to be your authentic selves and um, learning more and more of the language of both the tools the human design and the cards which please contact me if you're interested in more of that and, and the philosophy as well. Um, so yes, it's been a wonderful evening.
0: And we even throw out some self-development memes in the community group. Yes. So for to keep it lighthearted, a few laughs.
1: And uh, this coming Thursday, be on the lookout for uh, a sound journey coming. Uh, I think I'm going to do another live sound journey this coming Thursday. I'll be getting some advertisements out for that, and then in two weeks we will be rejoining and doing this. And we would like some input. As far as days of preference, too, we're considering moving this to maybe a weekday, possibly a Tuesday, uh, since the weather's so nice and uh, Sunday evenings may be an issue for people. So if you would like to give some input about uh, if maybe a weekday would work better for you, um, please give us that input as well. But otherwise, right now, we will stick with um, two Sundays uh, from today, and we'll meet and do this over again.
0: All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much. Blessings.